My name is Adam. I'm the executive pastor here. I have the honor and privilege today of preaching, and uh, this is bringing to you week number two of our Rethink series. Now, uh, before we get too start, you know, too far into this, real quick, just want to welcome everyone that's here in Moorhead. Want to welcome everyone that's watching online, and you guys help me give it up for our Ashland campus. Come on, thank you guys so much. We're so proud of you guys. You all in Moorhead and all across our campuses, you all continue to remember uh, Pastor Derek, uh, his wife, Jesse, that's our kids director there, Doug, that's our worship director, and Johnny that leads the students there. Man, God is doing amazing things there in Boyd County. And, and as I think back over the last 15 years, you know, I'm a little boasting in the Lord. I've been a part of our church from the very beginning. And I, I'm just proud of what the Lord has done through our church. It's not just about inside of these four walls, right? Across uh, the online sphere where everybody is joining today and, and our campuses. A uh, little update we've not said much about, but just you know, back in Easter, our Grayson campus launched as Foundation Church. Man, God is doing great things there. They're growing. And uh, you all continue to remember Pastor Aaron there as well. But man, it is a blessing to be a part of this church and, and never want to skip an opportunity to uh, just to show love for our lead pastor as well, Pastor Daniel. He's not with us this morning, but can we just give it up for his leadership? I know I am thankful for that in my life. I don't know where I would be uh, without his leadership and, and really just his giving me the opportunity to do what I do. But uh, I'm excited to jump in this morning. I want to set it up this way. How many of you, Ashlyn, I want to hear you this morning too. How many of you know that you can work really hard and not get anything done? Anybody ever experienced that phenomenon? All right, all right, you're with me. Maybe, maybe also this, that you can sleep all night long and somehow you wake up the next morning even more tired than when you went to bed the night before. Anybody? All right. Man, you guys are doing great. Ashlyn, make sure you are participating as well. If productivity is more than hard work and rest is more than sleep, what are we missing? What am I missing? The topic I wanna jump into today is this idea of rest. Some of the men in the crowd have been like, oh man, come on, come on, I'm not, I'm not, I didn't come for this this morning. I got a few guys in my head that I'm thinking about right now and myself included. This is a personal journey that I have been on now for, we'll say a couple years, three years, four years, I don't know. I've definitely been experiencing the, the uh, ramifications of not resting for, for longer than that. And over those years, I've received several, we'll call them subtle nudges from my better half. It's like, hey, you know what? You, you need to slow down. I began to notice in my 30s that, hey, you know, like things don't quite work the same way that they once did. Now in my 40s, man, I am realizing that my mental and my physical capabilities, man, they just, things don't work exactly the way that they used to. Isn't it a shame that like the older you get, the harder you gotta work just to like, like just exist, right? I mean, it's just a shame that, uh, that, that uh, it, it takes that. But, but this is a personal journey that I have been on. And so today, my goal in no way is to come and, and beat you up, uh, to call you out. This series 
Uh, you know, the ladies had their turn last month. This series is primarily uh, geared towards the men in the house, but I promise you today, this is something that applies to all of us in one shape or another. And I don't come to you today as having this all figured out. Like, you're, you're catching me somewhere in the middle of my journey. I'm gonna share some of the things that, that I am learning, that God is teaching me, but in no way am I coming to you as the expert today. If you're anything like me, like you are wired for a challenge. Anybody like a challenge? Like, I love the problem that doesn't have like an obvious solution, right? Part of what I get to do on our church staff is I get to kind of solve some of these problems or at least research them. The latest one is our, our church app. Just a, a, little, a little plug there. If you, if you have not downloaded the new app or if you haven't heard, it is finally, praise the Lord, it is finally available. And uh, this, was, this was that problem for us. We wanted something more from the app that we had and we found out that we could build it on our church management system. And I'm like, man, that sounds awesome. It's like my perfect scenario. Then I figured out that we could save money. Come on, like, I mean, it doesn't get any better than that, right? Like you can, a better product, save money, let's go. And in no way was the app all me. Like we got a phenomenal team. If you guys see uh, Jordan Turner, or what Jordan just did a host, uh, he usually hangs out in the next steps area. Michael Rogers, you're probably not gonna see him. He like lives in the shadows. He makes everything look and sound good. But you all see those guys, give them an attaboy, man. They did such a great job on that. But the app is just a, a, an example of the pattern that I begin to see in my life. Uh, I, my wife's not in here, so I can say this. She says that when I get a project, I, I become a little obsessed. That's the word that she used. Like, it's the last thing that I think of before I go to bed. It's the first thing that I think of when I wake up. Like, I, I just kind of become consumed by it. And maybe that's not an app for you, but maybe that is how you react to those projects. And, and, and almost all the time, what happens somewhere in the middle of that, my body hits a wall. I, I come up on something that I, I, I get frustrated about. I can't solve it. And, and my battery, it just dies, right? It's like the project is dead to me. I don't wanna think about it, I don't wanna speak about it, and I just like push it off. I gotta find something else to work on. It's probably why I have like three or four projects around the house that are like about 75% of the way done. Like it's usable, but I just haven't finished it yet. Anybody else, you do that? Uh, that is me to a T. But anyway, somewhere, that I just, I, just, my, I just become, I'm done with it. And eventually, an epiphany will happen, right? It's when I'm not thinking about it, and I'll have that thought, and it's like, oh man, that's what we need to do. And it pushes over top, and bam, the project gets done. But this pattern, it continues to happen over and over in my life. And, and really, the result that has happened is I've created this unsustainable rhythm in my life. It's an unsustainable rhythm I try to go after way too many things at the same time. My wife says that I'm hopelessly optimistic. And that's the way I choose to live my life, right? I don't, I don't worry about things. I, I, I often underestimate how hard something's gonna be or the amount of time that it is going to take. But it has created this unsustainable rhythm in my life, one that emphasizes good things, but not the best things. Where's my Martha's at? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all remember the, the sermon Pastor Daniel preached a few weeks ago about Mary and Martha? 
If you don't know that story, man, I love that story. It speaks so much to at least probably half the people in the room. Mary and Martha were sisters. Jesus is coming over for dinner. And Martha, she automatically, she gets her list out, right? She's got to get the house clean. She's got to get the meal together. And Mary's like, hey, Jesus is coming over. I just want to hang out. Martha gets ticked off that Mary's not helping. She goes to Jesus and says, hey, tell my sister to help me. Anybody ever done that? Like, come on, like, what were you doing? I'm running around here like a chicken with my head cut off and you're just sitting there. Jesus says, Martha, Mary has chosen the best thing. You see, I want my life to reflect the best things. I know that there is a method and an order to the things that I can do. I know if I plan a little bit more, if I think a little bit more about it, I can be much more efficient, but I'm missing something. So, you know, there's tons of practical wisdom and, 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 and I'm not even gonna touch the scientific research when it comes to rest. There's people in this room that are way more qualified to talk about that than me, but I don't wanna miss an opportunity today to jump into God's word to see what he has to say about rest. Y'all still with me? All right, as Pastor Daniel says, if you're ready to go, say, let's go. All right. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much uh, just for the opportunity to be here this morning. God, forgive us where we fail you, but God, we are so thankful that you are patient with us. God, you lead us gently and, and with kindness, Lord, to help us become more like your son. Help us today to take one step closer, one step further to doing and becoming who you have called us to be. God, we love you and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name we said, amen. So, we're gonna dive into God's word today. If you got your Bibles with me, we're gonna start in Matthew, and if you're taking notes, write this down. I'm just gonna share some of the thoughts that I see from God's word, and um, the first point that I've got here today is that rest does not equal lazy. Rest does not equal lazy. Lazy. You see, one of the things that I am learning about myself, and this comes kind of as a revelation from the previous series, last, last month we did this series called Broken Soundtracks. I realized that I have this broken soundtrack that plays in my mind, and here's what it says. If I'm not doing something, if I'm not moving the ball forward on a project that I have, be it church or home or whatever else, I'm being lazy. Does that soundtrack play in your mind? Anybody? Like, if I'm not up doing something, I'm being lazy. And I realize that that is playing over and over in my head. In fact, there's even scripture to somewhat support that, right? Proverbs 6, 9 through 12 says, how long will you lie there, you sluggard? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little hands folded in rest, and poverty will come upon you like a thief in the night. That's what the scripture says. But see, I really, what I think is, that scripture there is talking about people that won't work. The person I'm, not, I'm talking to this morning, it's not people that won't work. I'm talking to you, sir, I'm talking to you, ma'am. You work 50, 60, 70 hours a week. You come home and, man, you've got a list a mile long and you just, you never sit down, you never take a break. You just continue to go on and on and on. Rick Warren says this, God does call those people who won't work lazy. I'm not talking to people that won't work, but he calls those people who won't rest disobedient. Let that sink in. He's not talking about people that, that won't work. He's talking about people that won't rest. So 
on the flip side of that, I think we can all agree that like, if we're gonna model after someone, let's model after Jesus, right? And we see all throughout scripture these long periods of rest that Jesus took. And I love this account in Matthew uh, chapter eight. It's a, this account uh, of uh, uh, something that happened in Jesus' life. We actually see this account uh, listed in three of the four gospels. But I love this story. Uh, Matthew chapter eight, verses 23 through 27. It'll be on the screen there if you don't have it in your Bible. But he says, when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, a violent storm developed on the sea so that the boat was being covered by the waves. But Jesus himself was asleep. They came to him and woke him saying, save us, Lord, we are perishing. He said to them, why are you afraid, you men of little faith? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the sea that became perfectly calm. The men were amazed and said, what kind of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? Now, Listen, y'all saw my title there, I'm an executive pastor. I don't preach every week, right? This is not something that I normally do. I'm certainly not a biblical scholar, but Pastor Daniel, he teaches us to like put ourselves in the story. And so I put myself in the story here. I put myself, I'm on the boat, I'm looking around. Is this a big boat? Is it a little boat? Well, okay, the disciples and Jesus, it's probably a decent sized boat, right? 15, 13, 14 people on the boat, I don't know. I also asked myself, like, what time of the day is this? Well, there's lots of things recorded in this chapter before. We don't necessarily know what time of the day is. My best guess, though, is it's somewhere midday to early evening. I'm thinking, hey, this is way before electricity and the internal combustion engine, right? They're probably not sailing across the Sea of Galilee in the middle of the night. The other thing I noticed is that Jesus was what? Did y'all catch that? He was asleep. Were the disciples asleep? Say no. Disciples weren't asleep. Jesus was asleep. Probably the middle of the day, what would we call that? Jesus was taking a nap? What? Come on. Listen, if you don't hear anything else that I say today, one of the most spiritual things that you could do, take a nap. Take a nap. Maybe you've heard that before, but that just jumped off the page to me. As I said, this uh, story is, is recorded in three of the four Gospels. I love the de uh, detail that uh, Mark points out. This is Mark chapter four, verse 38, uh, which another thing I found out, most, most biblical scholars do believe that Mark's account was an eyewitness account of Peter, so it makes sense that Peter would include this detail. Mark chapter four, verse 38, when the disciples found Jesus asleep on the cushion, they said, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Like you can almost see their facial expression there, right? This is the creator of the universe. They had seen him heal the sick, raise people from the dead, and still their expectations of Jesus not that he was not that he needed a nap, right? And see, so here's my point. If you're waiting for someone else to like say, hey, like, go, go on, you, you deserve a nap, probably not gonna happen, right? Other people's expectations of you do not determine your need for a nap or for rest. If you're waiting for that, probably not gonna happen. If Jesus needed rest, I'm guessing you do too. You see, particularly as men, we oftentimes define ourselves by our work. We, we wrap our identity up in what we do, in what we accomplish, right? 
And so that, that drive, and, and, and what I'm learning about myself is that drive is not necessarily misplaced. Like God wired me that way. If God has wired you that way to like work and work hard, own that. But what you need to realize is that that drive that God has put in you, it leads you to overwork, which eventually leads you to burnout, which ultimately, at least what I'm seeing in my life, has led me to mismanage some priorities, to misalign some priorities in my life. I talked about before, it's not necessarily the, the difference between bad things and good things. It's good things, but it's not the best things. If you look at your life right now and you think about the things that, that you are doing, I wanna assure you today, because anytime that you get tired, right, those, a lot of those filters that we have in our life, a lot of those, like, those uh, manners and niceties, those things just kind of get broken down, right? That's when we, that's when we begin to, to lash out at other people or maybe we, we, we do that thing that we're, we, we know we're not supposed to do. Like that, 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 that tiredness, those things just wear us down. But here's what I want to encourage you to do is as you begin to survey this in your life, one, do not fall into the trap of understanding that I am lazy. No, you've got to have a balance. So, like I said, Jesus needed rest. You do too. Alex Sojung Kim Pang in his book, appropriately titled Rest, says this, rest is not something that the world gives us. It's never been a gift. It's something that you do when you've finished everything else. Anybody got your, your list done? Like you've crossed everything off your list? Not me. Like I've got my I've got my to-do list, I've got my must-do list, I've got my should-do list, right? It just goes on and on and on. It says, rest has been something that you do when you finish everything else. If you want rest, though, you have to take it. I would say you have to allow it, you have to choose it. You have to resist the lure of busyness, make time for rest, take it seriously, and protect it from a world intent on stealing it. Like I said, one of the most spiritual things you could do is take a nap. Disclaimer though, do it without the phone. Isn't it funny, you can lay there in bed, you can have your feet propped up, but you start the death scroll. That ain't rest, that ain't rest. Take a nap without your phone. Second point is this, rest isn't necessarily something that you do, it's something that you allow. It's not something that you do, it's something that you allow. For my Sunday school scholars here today, if I were to ask you to give me a verse on rest, this would probably be one of the, one of the two that you would probably talk about. Matthew chapter 11, 28 through 30. I think it illustrates this point beautifully. This is Jesus speaking, every single word of this. It says, come to me, all you are weary and burdened. He's talking to all of us today. How many of you are worn out? You're burned out? what you're not worn out from, you're worried about, right, everything else around you. He says, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I started with this acknowledgement that productivity is more than hard work and that rest is more than sleep. Jesus says this, come to me, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. See, there's this order to it. There's a, there is something more than just the absence of. I believe that rest, yes, it can be the absence of work, but just as 
like being productive in your work, being efficient in your work takes planning, it takes intentionality. I believe that quality rest is the same way. Like it has, it has qualities to it. It's not just the absence of something else. You see, my goal here today is not to give you a how-to. Like I said before, I don't have this figured out. But the whole goal of this series is to rethink, to reshape how we think of rest. Pastor Daniel has told us this numerous times, that the mind is the battlefield. How we think about something ultimately will determine how we overcome or obviously at some points succumb to the things that are taking us down. Another familiar passage to look at, Psalms chapter 23, right? The 23rd Psalm, first three verses here. The Lord is my shepherd. For most of us, or at least for me, I memorized that as the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I never understood that as a kid. Like, I didn't understand what that meant. I love the way that the New International Version puts that here. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. You know what's a choice that the Lord is your shepherd? It's a choice. We see the same thing there. Come to me in Matthew 11. Come to me, all you are weary and burdened. Continue on. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me. Your translation maybe says, he lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores or he refreshes my soul. How's that sound this morning? Sound pretty good? See, we, we see this idea here that the rest that we're looking for isn't necessarily this thing that we do, but it is something that we allow into our life. We put ourselves in a posture that where we can receive it. And ultimately, this leads me to my third and final point is that the true rest that your soul desires really is found only in Jesus. True rest is found only in in Jesus. And so, you know, as we're sitting here and we're kind of processing through this, I'm not telling anybody here that like, man, you're just, I haven't thrown out the word workaholic, but, but people would probably label you that way. Like, and I'm just being completely honest and vulnerable this morning, I have worn that with a badge of honor. Like that I, I'm not gonna let anybody outwork me. I've told people that. like. And I've been proud of it, right? Like, like there's nobody gonna outwork me. Like, I'm gonna figure it out. I'll work longer and harder. And, 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 and to a certain extent, that has gotten me to where I find myself today. But as I said, I've created this unsustainable rhythm. I know what has got me in the first 43 years. I can't keep doing that, right? My, if my mind still says that I can, I know my body ain't keeping up with it. So what is it that I am missing? And so... I begin to, to, to process this and begin to try to understand like, God, what is it that you want for me? And then I ask the question, where in the world am I gonna put this in, right? And maybe that's a question you're asking yourself. Okay, I know I need rest, but here's my list. Here's what I gotta do. You tell me, when am I gonna rest? So enter the idea of the Sabbath. Mark chapter two, verse 27. This is Jesus speaking. He's speaking to the Pharisees here. He says, then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. You see, I, 
if you grew up like me, you knew this idea that like you're not supposed to work on Sunday. Like that was the, that was the, the thing that, that I always knew. Like you go to church on Sunday and then you go home and, and you don't work. And that was modeled for me as a child, but I, I certainly never did understand that. And, and, and now as an adult, I, I, don't, I don't live that particularly. I mean, if we're just being completely technical, I'm, I'm at work right now, right? I'm in full-time vocational ministry. I'm literally at work as I'm speaking. But this idea that God created this rhythm and this pattern that on, for the Israelites on the seventh day of the week, which was Saturday, that they were to rest 24 hours of literal rest from their labors. And then God put that in his top 10 list, right? The fourth commandment talks about the, the, to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Their response to that was the ritual of a 24-hour rest. And so the question always comes up, like, okay, is it a sin to work on Sunday? And as I search the scriptures, and I earnestly want to find the answer to that question, I want you to know, at least this is Adam Eldridge's interpretation. This is not Better Life Church's interpretation. This is not Pastor Daniel's interpretation. As a matter of sin, I don't, I don't see that it is a sin not to take a 24-hour literal rest as the Israelites did in the Old Testament. Many of you here today, you don't see that either. But my question is why? Like, why are the other nine commandments, like that's like, hey, those are pretty important to keep. Don't steal, don't kill, don't covet somebody else's property, their wife, like, like don't put any other gods before me. Like, that, those are pretty important, right? I think we all agree on that. But see, I think the commandment 100% still stands. See, but the actual ritual of it, the question is why? See, the older I get, the more I realize is God is way more interested in why I do something than what I do. Once again, I'm not talking about between bad and good, right? Sin and not sin. But he's interested in the why. Look at me, look with me here at Hebrews chapter four, verses nine through 12. The author of Hebrews records here, so there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our best to enter that rest. But if we disobey God as the people of Israel did, we will fall. This is, all, this is the verse that always messes me up. I don't know if it does you. Verse 12 here says, for the word of God is alive and powerful it is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. See, God doesn't only look at what we do, but he, he knows why we do it. Why is it? If you do literally take a 24-hour rest, why? If you don't work on Sunday, why? See, for me, Here's what I'm thinking. This is an opportunity for me to offer something back up to God. My absence of work, my offering of rest to God says this, God, I trust you. God, you are my provider. God, I can, I can trust in you to provide for me 
what I need. When we work, 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 work all the time, what we're saying is, God, it's on me to meet all of my needs. And we know, you and I both know, even if you're here today and you, you man, you feel like, man, I'm a self-made man. Like it's, I, I put in the work, it's the sweat of my brow. It's, you know, like I, I, I'm gonna make it happen. I promise you. It is God that's given you the health. It is God that's given you the breath. It is God that's given you the ability. And I thank God every single day when I can get out and I can work hard. Like I enjoy working hard all day long. I can catch catfish from dusk till dawn, right? Some of you got that. Like I thank God that I, that I can do that. Now, the next two or three days afterwards, I'm feeling that a lot more than I once did. But that's an offering that we can give back to God and not even to take into account the practical wisdom of it, the scientific research that goes with it. Like all those things are aligning together. God didn't just say, hey, like this is my day, keep it holy. That's what Jesus is saying to the Pharisees. He said that the Sabbath was not meant to be a burden for you. He instituted it so that we could live healthy, that we could live efficient, productive lives for him. In closing today, here's a few final thoughts that I have on rest. This is some of the practical wisdom things, but as I, like I said, as I'm going through this journey, here's the things that I, I, I wanna point out. Rest isn't always not doing something. Sometimes it's doing something you love, right? That could even be fishing, right? Ladies, I know you don't understand that, but it could be fishing. A couple of our elders, they, they're big fishermen, and they may have paid me to say that this morning. I don't know. I'm just kidding. I'm just messing. Maybe it's washing the car. Like, like you, you, you truly do enjoy washing the car. Like, that can be rest. I'm learning that about me. Last Sunday afternoon, I decided I wanted to wash my truck. Before I was done, no, I'd wash my truck the van, my son's car, the camper, and the lawnmower. Like, that ain't, that's not rest, right? There's a balance to this thing, right? So rest isn't always doing nothing. Sometimes it's doing something that you love. You've heard it said, work smarter, not harder. I believe the same is true as rest. Rest smarter, not necessarily longer. Like, if you need to rest, it's not necessarily just sleeping longer. When you had little kids, if you had little kids, you know kids, like they have a bedtime routine. Maybe you need a bedtime routine. Put the phone in the other room. Turn the TV off. Get you a sound machine. Like, I don't know what that is for you, but be intentional about your sleep. Be intentional about your rest. Here's another one. Not everyone rests the same. If you're married here today, you guys, you need to have this conversation. How do you rest? Maybe for your wife, like sitting on the couch and watching something on Netflix for hours on end, like that's rest for her. For you, like you can handle like 20 minutes of it and then you're like a cat in a cage, like you just gotta get up and move. Have that conversation, not everyone rests the same. Here's the last thought I got on rest. Sometimes rest can look like work, but it shouldn't always. Particularly if you're a follower of Jesus and there is not a regular routine of getting still before the Lord and spending time in his word, 
you've probably got some missed, misaligned priorities. I'm gonna ask you this morning to bow your heads. As we close today, my final point was that true rest is found in Jesus. And I, I don't wanna miss today as we've had some fun and we've talked about my personal struggles. I don't wanna miss an opportunity. The rest that you desperately, desperately are seeking. If you're not a follower of Jesus, that's where it begins. I know it maybe doesn't make sense, that doesn't compute. But see, I, I believe the true rest that God entered into after he created this world is the rest that he has created for you and I to enter into at the end of our life here on earth. And if that's you here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, I invite you to take that step today. God has a plan for you, God has a purpose for you and it begins with following after Jesus. Romans 10, nine says that if you, if you confess with your mouth Jesus Lord, you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, today you can be saved. If that's you here today, listen, I encourage you to come see us in the next steps area. We would love to pray with you. We would love to answer any questions that you have. For others of you here today, I've already said it, one of the most spiritual things you could do is go take a nap. Go take a nap. Rest is a scheduled thing. It's not something that happens. If you're waiting for it to happen when your to-do list is over, it's never gonna happen. What do you need to take out of? What do you need to say no to in your life so that you can allow your body to rest. Here's what I promise. If you rest more, you can work more. You can be more productive in your work, ultimately the work that the Lord has for you to do. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we thank you so much. Lord, for once again, for your patience with us. God, we thank you for how you call us, how you lead us, into a relationship that follows after you. God, I pray today, Lord, that we can ultimately find the true rest that you have for each of us. But God, help us to lead a life that looks more like Jesus every single day. Lord, we love you and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray.